Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights Podcast, where we talk about interesting recent work in natural language processing. This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence. Okay, today's paper is Making Neural QA as Simple as Possible, but Not Simpler, by Dirk Weissenborn, George, Georg Weiss, and Laura Seif at the Language Technology Lab at DFKI in Germany. And sorry for butchering German names. But this paper, the takeaway point is that there have been a whole lot of models studying this reading comprehension task on the SQUAD dataset, the Stanford Question Answering dataset recently, and all of the models are really complex. They do a lot of crazy things uh, to try to improve performance on this data set. And these folks take a step back and say, what do we actually need in order to answer these questions? And can we make these models a lot simpler and still get the same performance? And in order to motivate this a little bit, I'm going to start by talking about the squad data set itself. So this data set is a collection of paragraphs uh, taken from Wikipedia, which the authors of the data set paper um, presented to people on Mechanical Turk, crowd workers, and had them ask questions where the answer was constrained to be a span of text within the, within the passage, within the paragraph. And if you think of the incentives of people on Mechanical Turk, they want to do this task very quickly so that they can get paid and move on to the next thing. And what ended up happening a lot of the time was that they would literally copy and paste a sentence from the paragraph into the question, change a few words, and call it good. And it, this is really obvious if you um, actually look at a lot of the data. So uh, we recently had a small project here trying to use Squad as a question generation data set where you use a sequence-to-sequence -sequence model with copying to go from the passage uh, to the question instead of from the passage plus question to the answer span. And um, it was interesting looking at the output of that model, how often it would do exactly this. It would copy literally large passages of text or large, large sequences of words from the passage itself and then uh, just add a few question words either at the beginning or at the end. And you, that's what these models are trained to do. Uh, the really surprising thing to me was how often that actually exactly matched what the actual question was too. So th this is what happened, at least in, in I think a majority of the cases for the questions that we see in Squad. So are you saying that we can substantially improve our uh, the, the, the size of our training data by generating questions and then we already have the answers to them? That's, that's a very interesting idea and indeed uh, it's the subject of an ACL paper that uh, we might cover sometime. So yes, you can do this and maybe it helps. Squad is already pretty large so maybe you don't really need too much more training data in order to do this. Okay, so what this means is that really all you need to do for at least a lot, maybe a majority of the questions in this data set is match just do a literal overlap between the words in the question and the words in the passage and then find the part of that sentence that matches the question word. That's literally all you have to do. And that was pretty much what by def model, uh, which you described in the previous podcast, um, does. So that's really what you need to do in order to get really good performance on this task. Yeah, and I guess we, we saw that by looking at the output, like by looking at the interactive demo of the model. Uh, and so you, you can arrive at the same conclusion in, in a few different ways. So in the previous podcast, we decided that that was what was going on by looking at what the model actually did. You can also l just look at the data and see what the data looks like, and then it's not at all surprising that that's what the model learned to do.
And so the insight of this particular paper that we're looking at today is that because this is what the data looks like, you can dramatically simplify these models by encoding this word match into the model itself. So if you remember from last time, bidirectional attention flow had this complicated matrix attention thing where they um, encoded the question in the passage and then found a similarity between each word in the question and each word in the passage and then uh, did some complex operations and then smashed it back into the passage representation. Um, this paper, and Bidaf also had it, like several deep layers and lots of different parts of the model. Uh, this paper pulls those out and replaces them with a single feature that is, is this question in the passage? And that's it. And uh, that goes as input to the first LSTM right at the bottom, like concatenated with the original word embeddings. You get this additional feature. And if you do that, you get almost all of the performance of Bidaf. So you still have this word and character, word embedding concatenated with a character level CNN with some highway layers. Uh, and then basically, uh, then you do a bidirectional LSTM and then you output the span begin and span end. And they show that if you do this, you get basically very similar performance just with a single binary feature that you get with Bidaf. In addition, they add back in some of the other stuff that Bidaf did. So they add back in another feature that um, at first read I thought was pre-computed, but actually is pretty similar to this matrix of attentions thing. It's just a simpler way of computing a matrix attention, and it's added in at the beginning of the model instead of app it, where the similarity is computed just on the word embeddings instead of on the encoded passage. Uh, and so it's a simpler way of getting the same effect, though in fairness it's actually kind of about the same level of complexity of what Bidaf does. And using this, they get very similar performance to Bidaf, which I guess isn't really all that surprising because um, they're doing basically the same thing that Bidaf does. They're just pulling out some of the deep layers and showing that you don't need it to be so deep. And I think that that's an interesting point. So the model described in this paper and also in the Bidaf paper uh, were really addressing uh, some characteristics of this quad data set, which allowed them to perform exceptionally well or very well on, on this task. But it's not clear to me that we're actually addressing the machine comprehension problem. Um, do you think we're, how much we're losing or, or gaining by focusing on uh, data sets like Squad? I don't know, I think Squad was a really great contribution to the research field. Uh, it pushed people to look at question answering more broadly on a really large scale that people hadn't done before. Uh, I guess this reading comprehension wave started with some large-scale closed tasks, which are less um, less natural style of questions where you just pull out a word and try to recover the word that you pulled out. This at least gives a roughly human-authored question, and so you get more natural kinds of language and questions that you can answer. Uh, I think it's only now, as we examine this data set a little bit, that we're discovering some problems. I think this is true of like any data set that you can build. like. It leads to some good research early on, uh, and then at some point gets saturated, and you realize there are some problems with it, and you move on to the next data set. I think we might be getting close to that, especially as we're, we're realizing um, how much overlap there is uh, in the question words in the passage. I think, I don't know, just going off the cuff here, but it seems like you might get a better data set by explicitly filtering out from squad all of the things where it's obvious there was a copy-paste. Because 
I, I, there are certainly questions in this very large data set that are not just copy-pasted. And if you can focus on those, that's probably my, my intuition is that the gap that remains between human performance and model performance is in those cases where there's not just this copy-paste phenomenon. Yeah, we can also, uh, when we develop a new model, we can also test on multiple data sets which do not share the same characteristics. So at least uh, check the close uh, style uh, problems and uh, question answering problems like squad, which I believe BIDEF actually, the BIDEF paper actually did. Yeah, and there have also been recently a whole lot of other uh, reading comprehension data sets released. Um, which have a larger gap between human performance and model performance. And so at least there's hope that uh, we can continue making it good and interesting progress on modeling this complex phenomenon. Sounds good. Okay. So what paper are we going to do next time? So next time we'll be inviting Chris Dyer to talk about his paper, uh, Recurrent Neural Network Grammars. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that sounds exciting. <laughs>